Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, Lions Insider is standing by in the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I think everyone's in agreement. Pretty much the shock that they only kept two running backs uh, would be it from the roster and, and maybe that last wide receiver. Yeah, uh, I think so. And I think there's probably a pretty easy explanation. That, and, and it's speculation on my part with the two running back thing. But um, they released Craig Reynolds. He's a veteran um, which means he doesn't have to go through waivers. He has a contract that's not guaranteed, so that means you're not taking any dead money when you cut him. Uh, they might have an agreement with him to, to come back once the Lions maybe make an injury move, um, which, I'm again, speculation here, but they, they had a couple players leave uh, the preseason injured um, in the Fatou Melifanu and Julian O'Quar. So if either of those guys go to IR later today, um, there's a good chance I would I would speculate that Craig Reynolds comes back and then you have three and, and you're pretty much where you need to be. And news just recently dropped um, in the past hour or so that Donovan uh, Knight, the former Jets running back, is coming to the Lions practice squad. So they have some reinforcements already there on the practice squad too. Uh, the wide receiver room right now and what it could look like on the practice squad, uh, I know we've seen the names and Green got in and Drummond didn't make it. Uh, from a wide receiver position because they kept so much on defense. I don't think you're going to see a lot of defense on that practice squad. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, they, they kept, I, I think it was 29 defensive players, 21 offensive players. And usually it's, it's a 50, 50 split or maybe one, one tilting one way or the other. So um, yeah, I think you're, you're dead on and, and lines actually just dropped um, 10 of their initial practice squad guys. And one, two, Three, four, uh, it's, it's, it's actually about split five and five. There's also uh, Michael Badgley, the kicker, right in there as well. Um, but they still have six more spots, and so um, I, I expect maybe those final six might tilt a little bit more um, to the offense because you're right, they kept a lot of depth at every, really every defensive position. You know, they, they, they have seven edge defenders. They have five defensive tackles. Um, you know, I think 11 or 12 defensive backs. Um not all those guys are going to play. A lot of those guys are going to have to be inactive on game day, and maybe there's a little bit of roster maneuvering that happens even before we get to week one. Yeah, we're uh, the full, I think, practice squad roster. They said around 6 p.m. tonight. So what are the ten names? You mentioned Badgley, which was reported out there. Uh, the other nine names on that practice squad, at least right now, uh, from the ten. Yeah, uh, Maurice Alexander, wide receiver, Coyote uh, Aushika, the guard, uh, Dylan Drummond, the wide receiver, uh, rookie guy that we were just talking about, um, offensive tackle, Connor Galvin, safety Brandon Joseph, uh, cornerback Chase Lucas, linebacker Trevor Novowski, and uh, defensive tackle Chris Smith. Yeah, so what they can do, and you're right, they get the injured reserve, Reynolds can move in, they don't have to take a practice squad spot there, they don't have to deal with waivers because he's a veteran, so yeah, I, I think I see what you're saying, Jeremy, I agree that Reynolds probably is that third back, and then Knight is sitting there as depth on the practice squad. Yeah, that, that makes entire sense. And then if you look at you know how they use Craig Reynolds in the preseason, what they've said about Craig Reynolds, um, he was always like the, the the next guy up once the first two guys were out. Um, he played really well in I think that final preseason game, and he's a guy that can be um, a. a, a a big guy on, on special teams. He might even be the team's starting kick returner if he returns to the roster because that's a that's kind of a an under the radar battle that I think never really got settled in training camp. They tried a whole bunch of players there, including Craig Reynolds at some point. So um, he's a guy that has actual NFL experience doing it. So he would be my choice. 
for the the starting kick returner job if he if he comes back on the roster, obviously. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, talking Lions roster on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. So what are your projections for those six final spots on the Lions practice roster? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because I think they're, I think they like a lot of their guys. Um, you know, Brady Breeze is, is a safety that I think brings a lot of energy and, and special teams value if they if they need him. Um, like I mentioned, Ifatu Melifanu might be one of those guys that goes to the IR, and if so, they're going to need some safety depth on that practice squad. Um Looking at some other names, I, I mean, I, I think if anything, a lot of these guys are going to come internally, right? They usually like bringing in their own guys. Um, I th- and they'll probably need a tight end. They only have three on the roster. So either Daryl Daniels, um, who's had a some of experience with the, the Lions' current tight ends coach, Steve Hyden, I think he's probably a, a good candidate to come back. Um, if not, maybe Daniel Helm, the other guy that was with them in training camp. Um, and then, you, you know, Obina Eze is a guy that they, you know, they – they seem to really like last year as, as a developmental guy. I'm not sure he grew as much as they wanted in the off season. Um, but he's a guy that, that I think, you know, still has a developmental curve to him where if they want him to spend another year on the practice squad, uh, I think he could maybe get better and, and make, make a real run at the roster in 2024. Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit here on the huge show across Michigan. Jeremy, how many years have you been following the lions? Oh man, I've been I've been writing about them in some capacity since 2008. I've been a fan my entire life, and then I've kind of been in the position that I'm currently in for the the past seven or eight eight years now. So we're writing for the last 15, and that's sure. been the good and bad with the Lions, and been a fan all your life. Going into a season, and I talked to Dan Miller earlier on the show, Voice of the Lions, that I don't remember the talent depth on a Lions roster going into a year like they have now. Yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely true, and it's something I'm, I'm actually writing about right now because, yeah, I, I think every time a year Lions fans like to, like to ask themselves, you know, is this is this the year? Is this is this a truly different year? And you just look around, and the signs are everywhere, right? That this is this is a deeper roster, that they have a real shot at winning the division, that, that you know, there are national outlets that continually talk about this team in the way that we're not accustomed to hearing. And, but I think when you get down to the basics of it, like the nitty-gritty, what you said is exactly right. Like, this is a team that going into training camp, there was maybe one or two training camp battles for a starting position. That's it. And that, to me, itself it w- was kind of shocking. Like, Every everything that we were reporting on in training camp was kind of more around those those last few things, last few um, positions on the roster because you know we knew who the starting offensive line out, outside of that right guard job was going to be. We knew who the starting wide receivers, we knew who the starting running backs were, we knew who the starting defensive linemen were going to be. We knew most of the linebackers, we knew the corners, we knew the safeties. Um, that in and of itself is like it's pretty impressive. Usually you're you're looking at a roster, really any roster, and you're saying. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're strong in some places, but we don't know who the starter is going to be here. Um, but going into training camp, really, since, I would say maybe after the first week of training camp, it became very clear who the starters were. And then it was all about, you know, the, the depth players. And, and they were playing pretty well, too. You know, they, they went toe-to-toe with Carolina's first string in, in the final preseason game. So um, I, think, I think the very strong top of the roster, and, and like you said, I think the depth is the strongest that it's been maybe since I've been covering the team. And if we go back to the end of that 8-2 and two finish and beating the Packers on Sunday Night Football in America, and you and I talked, you know, February before the Combine, and hey, what do the Lions need? Where do they need to improve? 
It was linebacker. It was depth on the defensive line. It was a secondary. It was getting a quality backup quarterback. They have checked every box with Holmes and the staff during the offseason. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and it's kind of remarkable how quickly they've done it. Now, granted, they've had a lot of draft capital to do so, thanks to the Matthew Stafford trade, which still continues, I think, to pay off for this franchise. But it's it's really kind of fascinating because it really felt along the way that the Lions were taking maybe a slow and methodical route. You know, they weren't spending lavishly in free agency in those first two years. They weren't trading a ton. They were just kind of going about their business slowly and slowly. And then you turn around two years later and, you know, this roster is basically unrecognizable from the one that they took over in 2021. And it seems like every offseason they, they hit one of those positions of need. This this offseason, like you said, it, it was a little bit the linebacker group. It was very much the secondary. Um, and, and suddenly you're, you're deep in those positions. I, I would say the Lions are – they have maybe five capable players – of, of playing in the linebacker position on defense. And that is something that we haven't been able to say of, of a Lions roster in a long time. There used to be kind of a, an in-joke at, at our website, just saying anytime the Lions signed someone new, it was like, okay, but can he play linebacker? Uh, now, now you don't have to worry about that anymore. The Lions are, are pretty stacked there, which is, which is crazy to say. One final thought before I let you go. And Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit Lions insider, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. I was looking at the story at CBSSports.com that the mystery team that was close to landing Jonathan Taylor in a trade with the Colts were the Green Bay Packers. And the best thing that may have happened to the Lions today is that that news that uh, they didn't get them and Indy didn't feel they were offering enough because, man, that would have been a guy that can eat up the clock. Uh, that would have been a guy that takes the pressure off of Jordan Love. So, no Jonathan Taylor in Green Bay is a great thing for anybody connected to the Lions. Yeah, I would think so. And you kind of nailed it right there with your last point too, right? I think I think Green Bay's plan this year is very much going to be let's not put so much pressure on on Love. And that's, that would have been a great way to do it, right? And, and listen, they have a couple talented backs there in Green Bay, which I think is why some people were pretty surprised to hear that news. But when you get an opportunity at a, at a you know, bell house, bell cow back like that, which, I mean, there just aren't a ton of those in the NFL today. Um, I guess you, you at least make a phone call. And it sounds like it was maybe more than just one phone call. Like they were seriously interested in doing it. And so, yeah, I think, I think that could have changed the tides and, and turned a lot of heads in green Bay. And listen, I think green Bay is still a, a team that's being slept on a little bit. I think they have a decent roster across the board. It's obviously they're just a huge question mark at quarterback. Um, but we've seen, you know, okay to, to mediocre to even some bad quarterback succeed when they're surrounded by a lot of really good pieces, both on offense and defense. So um, I still think that's a dangerous Green Bay team. Maybe not, certainly not a, a Super Bowl contender, but an NFC North contender in, in a division that's looking maybe like it's headed towards a down year. Uh, I think absolutely so. So um, certainly as a Lions fan myself, I'm, I'm happy not to see Jonathan Taylor go there, but uh, I, I still wouldn't sleep on the Packers this year. Yeah, I agree. And the yeah, Minnesota's offense, I, I'm, I don't think they have any defense, but they really didn't have any defense <laughs> last year and played a lot of crazy shootout games. And the Bears, you know, can field throw the football, even with getting D.J. Moore and the upgrades there. I don't think the NFC North is going to be as bad as a lot of people thought when Rodgers left, which, by the way, watching Hard Knocks on HBO, uh, the Jets are loaded. With Garrett Wilson and Rodgers, if you're having your fantasy draft, Okay, if if you're doing a fantasy draft, get that combo. I think it's gonna 
be a ton of points. Jeremy, always appreciate your time. I know you're busy with the roster movement, the practice squad. We'll talk soon, okay? All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me, man.